0: And Welcome to the Jackcast, your Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Barocco and I'm joined, as ever, by Steve Carroll. Evening, Steve. Evening. Well, um, probably a little bit of a warning here. Yeah? Um, not going to be the most positive podcast we've ever done. <laughs> There's been a couple of stinkers in the past. This will certainly rival some of them. Um, it's just me and Steve tonight. Back to the, uh, the two of us. Um, so we'll have a bit of a chat over what we've Witnessed since we last spoke, and that gives us four games to discuss, Steve. Um, first of all, starting back with an away trip to Bramall Lane, it seems like a lifetime ago, and what will turn out to be something of a familiar theme was, um, a pretty, uh, miserable afternoon for the Swans. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a,
1: a terrible start, um, to be honest I thought we didn't, uh, play too badly in the first 20 minutes. I had a couple of chances, but as what happens far too often is that the opposition <laughs> seem to score from their first opportunity at goal. And you know when you're facing a, a side that stores the top of the league that it's going to be very difficult then, isn't it? So obviously we found ourselves uh, two down then by the break and, you know, it's, you're not coming back from that here. But I think what massively rubbed the salt into the wound was that third goal, wasn't it? Which was, uh, well, in a, a season of awful defending and bad goals given away, it probably rivaled any of them, didn't
0: it? Oh, it was horrendous. I mean, you just look at the, the build-up play, um, the fact that, uh, it was a 60-40 in Norton's favour and he, he I don't know, if he's trying to dink it or just clear, he's not trying to clear the ball, he's trying to be fancy with it. Um, the boy's ploughed through him, um he's come into the box then. There's a whole mess in our back line. shock horror, it's not like it's the first time we've mentioned that this season. Fishers end up taking out Cabango. <laughs> So there's two of our players that are going to play and the ball comes across and um, would you guess a former Swan Ollie McBurney to uh, tap it in for three? Um, Steve, I think that goal might epitomise not only um, this season for the Swans but the frailties in Russell Martin's whole reign since he's been the Swansea boss.
1: Yeah, it probably does, doesn't it? I mean, like I said, Norton, cowardly thing really. Um, he's not played since, has he? Which is a little bit hefty, no. I suppose. Um, yeah, like I said, Fisher, just the, the general bizarre decisions he makes, or, you know, inability to make the, the uh, do what's needed. Um, yeah, and then it just leads to a tapping, doesn't it? I mean, some of the goals we're going to end up discussing here, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking the type of scenes you see up Men's New With, except for at Men's New With. Uh, there would be people going bonkers at it because, you know, it is that bad. So, you know, um, I suppose the only thing I would say about that third goal is at least it didn't cost us because we were already done. But, I mean, it's just shameful to see some of the decisions that are being made. Um, and, you know, they should be deeply embarrassed by the goals that we're conceded because we're talking about professional football here. And not just professional football, we're talking about second tier football. And I cannot believe the amount of
0: bad goals that we seem to be giving away. It's just, you know, like I say, it's just shameful, isn't it? It's... The thing is, I think it was after the skin that was. Martin was talking about the embarrassment of riches that Sheffield United have. We'd, we'd like to have players of their quality, and it would be a different story um, if we had their players. Which I, I cannot help but think at this point is excuses, because um, I think, and and there may be there'll be some who listen who agree and some who disagree. But I think the squad of players, uh, although we have got a very small squad. And, yes, as Russell Martin continues to remind us, it is a very young squad, but it's better than the way it's doing. And, I was it, um, Roy Keane said on Sky a few years ago, he said, you're losing a game, where's your pride? Where's your where's your anger? Why, why you know, you, you're losing a game. I know we didn't expect to go to Sheffield United and win, but you, you want to, I know he worded it, as you want to start kicking people, make yourself feel a bit better, I think the quote was, but, like, you want to see that, that it affects the players that they want to do it it's all too nice we're so easy to play against um, we roll over and have our belly tickled don't we Steve too often um, and you hear then after the game well you know I'm proud of the way they played and um, they showed great character and they'll learn to get better but and we'll talk about this as we analyse the other games Steve but there's been no sense of progression there I feel like these players aren't getting better and we've been told that they are but I mean, the proof is in the pudding on a Saturday afternoon.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you
0: have to really
1: think that maybe we're getting worse, not better. That's that's the underlying truth of it. I mean, I felt at the beginning of Martin's reign, obviously, we did start slow, but we weren't conceding too many goals. And then we started to improve after about a dozen or so games and stuff like that. But, but since then, I mean, it, there hasn't been a great deal of consistency. And I, I don't feel we're getting better at all. I mean, you surely can't think the same thing because... You know, we are, I know we'll go on to talk about it, but I mean, just the goals conceded thing. It's just, how can you think that that's remotely acceptable? It's it's quite shambolic. So it's got to pick up, doesn't it? It, You can't be using these um, excuses. Yes, you would expect to go to Sheffield United and lose in general. Um, You know, they've got far better players than what we have. They've got a bigger budget, but surely you expect to at least make them work for goals. You certainly don't expect uh, to give away a goal like that third one, do you? I mean, it's, you know, like I say, I think if, but uh, well, I I put it to you like this: I watched them play Wrexham a few days before we played them. Yeah. And um, I, I thought when I was watching it that Wrexham were giving them a better
0: game than what we were going to give them, and I wasn't wrong, unfortunately. No, you spot, and I had exactly the same thought, and it was just, you know, it was it was the hung- you know this is the saddest thing, and this is the part that really irks me at the moment with the Swans. It was the hunger, because I remember we were talking about this. We've spoken about it a lot, about the games around about the turn of the year that we looked at with optimism, especially when we were looking ahead to the January transfer window and how we can improve. We looked at the likes of beating Watford, um, 4-0 down the air, um, really pushing Burnley, and I know we lost that game, but I think there were so many positives coming out of that, particularly in the first half. Um, and what I talked about previously on this was the aggression and the hunger. The desire, Joe Allen in particular in those two games was an absolute beast. But he, he epitomized the he led and others followed in that kind of aggression, in that kind of snapping into tackles and making sure they didn't get a second on the ball. Much like, as we'll talk about later, what Stoke were um, pressing high and hard on us last night. And that's how we were playing. And I thought if we keep this up. And I, I remember thinking this at the time against Burnley. I think I might mention it to you. If we keep playing with this intensity, because that's what it is. It was an intensity Um they will do well. And do you know what? At that point, I thought there's every chance that we could sneak into the playoffs. It was based on, and, and we talk about the process and, and how Russell Martin is a young manager and he's learning. But he's had these little glimpses of inspiration in his 18 months here. And I think the most frustrating part, Steve, is he hasn't capitalised or learnt from them. And I think uh, we can talk about um, when Stephen Bender came in after the Stoke one all draw away uh, he came into the team, and for a few games, we started to be a little bit more no nonsense at the back, and then we went on a win winning run of seven of nine. Although a couple of those games were, were fortuitous, we did go on that winning run, um, and we talk about that aggression, and there was little little shoots of optimism through the season, and then it just goes back to the old way, and it, the old way has been proven not to work. Yeah, it it does a bit, doesn't it? I mean, I suppose the one
1: good thing is we did see the back of that goal kick routine, didn't we, for example. But you know, um we're making just so many mistakes, aren't we? I mean, we're gonna, I'm sure Fisher's gonna get mentioned a lot, but mm-hmm. since he's come into the team, we have conceded so many goals, haven't we? I mean it's it's pretty obvious that he really we don't want him in the team, but you know, I know we have we've made a sign in and we saw on the guard, um very, very inexperienced, really. I mean, it's unlikely to think he's going to play much. But, you know, does anyone have any faith in this goalkeeper? I think in the recent fanzine I've just brought out, I referred to him as the goalkeeper that can't save shots and can't catch crosses. I mean, it's and it does feel like that, really, doesn't it? I mean, if you can't do those things, you're going to concede constantly. And it feels like that's what we're doing. So, you know, it's it is concerning at the moment, isn't it?
0: It's hugely really concerning, and I think it's probably a combination of him being um, pound for pound the worst goalkeeper we've had this century. And when I say that, I mean um, when you consider the money we paid for him, the level he's playing at, the everything, all things considered, um, he's not a freebie young Welsh league footballer that has got a game. He's not, uh, you know, we're not talking about, well, your Jason Joneses and stuff like that, or you Matthew Greggs or anything. You're thinking, right, OK, they're young. They're inex- this guy is coming for money to be our number one goalkeeper. And so I think it's probably the worst goalkeeper we've had as as a club since the turn of the century. Um And I think that is... I think the defenders feel that way as well. I do feel like he's there's so much shaky, and uh, they've been terrible all season anyway. But there is a sense of nervousness with Fisher there, and we seem to be making so many more mistakes at the back, um, and the goals we can see they go from uh, uh, from ridiculous to embarrassing. Um, and we'll talk about the sole win in these four games, Steve. We 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 Blackpool down to the. Um, Swan.com um and uh, an interesting stat that has uh, come out in 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 recent in the last couple of days is that we've only actually end up winning four out of the last 20 games three of which were came against 10 men and this was another one where we needed 10 men just to scrape by relegation threatened blackpool it it's the first time in 28 years or so uh, going down to watch the swans or 27 28 years that I've seen the Swans crowd vocally boo and loudly the Swans win. And I think that's the first time I can remember it happening. It was a real eye-opener and just really told me a lot about how they felt that game went. Yeah, it it did really, didn't it? I mean, uh, we'll
1: get on to discussing what, in terms of booing, I think, uh, a little bit later. But, I mean, rightly or wrongly, Um, you know, it's it's incredibly damning, isn't it? to hear that from the crowd. And it were quite a few people who were really frustrated really with it. But, I mean, look, we, we weren't great. I mean, we... <laughs> you were infamously, yeah. um, infamously I remember, with the first goal. We are like, what are we doing? Because Sorinola played a strange pass across the man, didn't he? And yeah. Back, and then Sorinola's taking a swing. And then it, it's gone in, and it looks like a, a really good goal. And to be fair, the move initially for it was was quite good. And, I mean, we, we did seem OK at that point. And obviously, then the red card comes, I suppose, this is the one thing I will say, is the other two games that we've won with ten men, uh, I think it was nil-nil with the red cards, so at least for this one, we were winning, but again, we've given the ball and then away... And conceded. But, yeah, we've, we've given the ball away in a cheap area and led to you know, an equaliser, and at this point you're thinking, good grief, I mean, like Blackwell were horrendous, if I'm honest too. like, they look doomed mm-hmm. to relegation, like, it'd be a big shock for me if they stayed up, which is quite devastated because obviously Blackpool is the greatest away day of the season. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, to be fair, sauron Ola again was was the difference by throwing a great ball in and it's, it's led to an own goal. But, but, I mean, even then, there was still time for, for Blackpool to hit the post, wasn't there? So, look, it it's a bit concerning like that, that, you know, we did really scrape by against what was an awful team that I'd like to think we should have won quite comfortably against, especially considering they had ten men, so you know i you know I was frustrated after it, but nevertheless relieved that we managed to uh to get that win over the line i mean because if you if you look at that now in terms of um if we had you know drop points, then you know that that buffer towards the the bottom three isn't so good as <laughs> it, I think we've got eleven points right now haven't we? and it would be eight with it, i think or maybe even seven because obviously Black would have that extra point it yeah. would drag them closer to us, but it would you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not too concerned about relegation. Um, at, at this stage, it would take a big collapse. I would have thought. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you carry on conceding like we are, maybe we will be in it. But you know, at least with that, we did get that win in it. You know, it may not have led to much else, but it's three points on the board, isn't it?
0: Again, it, again, it it shows, it shines a light on our problem areas, which is as. Uh, we keep talking about conceding late, and it is just when the opposition decide to up the ante and stuff, and and Blackpool probably deserved something out of the game. Um, when you look at the uh, the last ditch uh, Joe Allen tackle in the box, and the the fact they hit the post and stuff, and you're thinking, okay, this is um, you know we, we we're hanging on um, against this team here. And they, um, they're terrible. And, and we we we're a team that prides ourselves on possession and dominating the ball. And yet, when as soon as the opposition show a little bit of their teeth, a little bit of their hunger, um, we're terrified of the ball. All of a sudden, we can't keep it, and that's that's no good because it's not good just having the ball and being good with the ball when the opposition allow you to. I mean, we can talk about the squad being young, Steve, but this isn't a developmental thing. This isn't something we've seen. Um, remember, we were talking last year about maybe that October run where we, we looked really, really good. Um, and Pato and Perot had synced up their partnership and stuff. And you were thinking, here we go. Um We did talk then. Maybe we've come a little bit early in terms of our run because afterwards, when the tail-off happened, we were thinking we were regressing. But in reality, what we wanted to see was us start off like a team that couldn't play football and then slowly we wanted to see the building blocks of Russell Martin's work come in and us not necessarily just pick up results but start to see the performances be more fluid and more coherent. Um, And it's not been that way. And again, this... Dynamic that we've got in the team of, um, of passing it and showing for the ball. There's three or four players in that team, Steve, I think really are uneasy with the ball. Um, and, and they're playing in the back line, which is why we gift away one-on-ones every game.
1: Yeah, it feels like that, doesn't it? I mean, the, the crowd are very nervous now, aren't they, with certain players with the ball. I mean, it, Cabango, I think especially is one that seems out of form. And I think the reason I'm going to mention him first is because, you know, um, this. I think it seems like Wood and Darling uh, like swap quite a lot there if there's a change in the back line it's one or the other of them that they swap with each other someone goes on the bench and one start but it feels like Cabango is in the team every week but he's really not playing particularly well so I don't really understand why he isn't being like punished either if you know what I mean it's mm. a bit of a strange one isn't it
0: yeah it is he does seem like there's, there's a couple of players in that team who are undroppable um Grimes will play every minute um, although there will be few arguments about that um, but Perrault seems to play every minute of every game and he's had uh, most of his games without. Uh, you
1: to say this you are right in general but the one time he did get subbed was the time when he should not have been subbed but so this, that makes it even more bizarre I mean it's, the a time of off against Birmingham yet every other game where let's be honest in general he looks a bit half-hearted and isn't offering a lot yet he he's on there 90 minutes like that again is just
0: you know who is seeing that it's just bizarre it's poor management I mean it not stick, stick the knife in at all but in terms of that decision and the decisions in general we talk about Birmingham taking him off and bringing Darling on and just thinking you're just inviting pressure on you and obviously we end up going down to 10 men it was a clusterfuck but that game he was on a hat trick um, and and subbing him off when you wouldn't sub him off every game he looked like he could not be fuck to be there but the one time he looked like he had a bit of hunger the bit between his teeth and he's bringing him off and as you say who's seeing that who's making that call and and you think every other time you're thinking take him off because we're practically playing with 10 and yet he plays 95 minutes and the one time you're thinking he's going to grab a hat-trick today and he's hooked so yeah there's been a lot a lot of questionable decisions by Russell Martin and and uh, in particularly, in recent weeks um and this was off the tail of the uh the Blackpool game, Steve Rossmart think he said that the crowd got nervous and that fed into the players i don't like that i don't like pointing the finger at the crowd. I mean he keeps referring to the fact that the team are so young, but um they are professional footballers playing in the second tier of the of the of the English game and um i don't think that's good enough, you know if those if, if we're going to talk about, um, this is the squad we've got and stuff like that. And he, he needs to, you know, if you need to get a psychologist in or whatever like that, hopefully he does a better job than our set piece coach does, the bloody set pieces. But, um, there's something not right to me about a manager pointing to the crowd as to why we were the way we were. And I feel like the crowd often feed off the performance, not, it kind of is a bit one way or the other, Steve, isn't it? But, um, I don't like it when uh, managers start making excuses for things when they could just put his hands up and go, the last 15 minutes of that Blackpool game weren't acceptable. We shouldn't have been struggling against a team who were down the bottom, who were pretty hopeless for the first 75 minutes, and um, and they couldn't get a sniff, and, and they're down to 10 men.
1: Well, the thing is now, the, the line about, oh, you know, it's a young team it? and everything, it seems to be getting trotted out a lot, and I'm... I think what's frustrating is that wasn't happening so much earlier in the season. Now, I know one or two players have gone, but I mean, Oberfemi was quite young. You no, know, and maybe not so, but he really hasn't played that much since about the opening month of the season, so it's not really washing, is it? Um it, it just seems like that is now the the default excuse. And yeah, obviously, we are an inexperienced team, but at the same time, I mean, a lot of the players that are playing now are were signed by this manager, and I mean, look, there is Norton, I know Obviously, we've just criticised him with Sheffield United, but I mean, he has been frozen out completely, more or less, the last few months, didn't he? So he maybe he should have been in the team a little bit earlier, or certainly maybe been involved a bit more. Um, But you can't just keep using this, you know, young, inexperienced team line all the time. I mean, the fact is, a lot of them are reasonably experienced now. So maybe even not at this club, but a lot. How many of them have you know played? you know, hardly any football. I mean, someone like Darling, maybe he's inexperienced at this level, but at the same time, he played for a season and a half at MK Dons and was at Cambridge before that. I mean, he must have made well over 100 league appearances. I mean, some like Lata yeah, I know he didn't play last night, for example, but I mean, he must have played over 100 times just now, because obviously he, he gets picked nearly every game. Um, Would, maybe less so, obviously. But I mean, Cabango has easily played over 100 games, hasn't he? I mean, you look at the midfield, they've got Joe Allen, Matt Brimes, Jay Fulton. Fulton and uh, all those three have probably played 200 games for the Swans. And, I mean, Joe Allen has played God knows how many games in his career. So, not quite washing massively with me, that one. Um, it seems like too much of an excuse. Yes, there you will get some mistakes, but there's too many for it to be the main thing. And, like I say, I mean, that's the thing with the crowd. I mean, yeah, the crowd are a bit nervous because of mistakes. So maybe maybe that, that doesn't help, but, I mean... But people are frustrated because they can see no progress. And I think a lot of it is that as much as we, we do want to see good football and everything like that, but I think we've said all season and we, we seem to play too much football in our own half where we're taking needless risks, yet in the opposition half, not so much. And I think that's what's frustrating because when we were successful, rising up through the divisions, we didn't seem to take as many risks in our own half. I mean, I, I know we had the likes of Doris, the recent goal, for example, but I never felt like he was getting ridiculously involved in a build-up like this manager wants the goalkeeper too. So I think sometimes we've just got to learn that. We? I think we've said it numerous times as well, haven't we?
0: Yeah, I, we, get, we keep getting told by certain people and certain fans that this is total football and this is the Swansea way, but it's certainly not the way I remember Rodgers, Martinez, Potter or Loudrup playing. You know, and that's what I consider to be over the last generation um, the Swansea way. I mean, it's it's certainly the most successful era in uh, in my lifetime. And um, when you look at how we set up in those teams, we had defenders that first and foremost could defend. You know, you had Gary Monk there for a large, large period of our rise. Excuse me. <coughs> um, Ashley Williams, fantastic on the ball, but first and foremost, a bully of a defender. You know, you're not getting around him. He'll rescue you to the floor. It doesn't matter. He's going to win that ball in the box. He's not. He's going to do whatever it takes. And the naivety of this team to allow the opposition. And you mentioned again about the youth of the team and stuff and maybe excuse him for the mistakes. But, look, Ryan Manning isn't young. I know he's been one of our best players this season. But he's got, the last couple of games, we've noticed him as a cul- culpable for quite a few goals. And I'm thinking, so are we going to say now that it's his youth that's going to cost the goals there? I don't think it is. I think it's the system that is costing the goals more than the age of these players. You know, the the system that means that we're telling Cabango and, and Darling and, and Wood to to um, try and play these balls across the back to each other when they're not comfortable doing so. And they get stretched because Manning and Lata Bodier or Sorinola or whoever it may be are so high up the pitch that they're pulled out wide. And this is this is what Martin's way of playing, and I think we can go so far and say they are young and inexperienced, but the sort of players you need, and it's not the first time I've said this, Steve. The sort of players you would need to see this work is, um, is 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 something that we could only dream of, you know, with our current financial budget. I was actually on. Um, uh, there was a, um, and then maybe, the, maybe a couple of the guys who were on it will listen to this podcast, but it was a Twitter spaces after the game last night, which I listened to for 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, one of the, one of the guys contributing to that, and there was a lot of, lot of good stuff on there. It was a lot of good analytical, um, pieces on there. And one of the guys said on there, he referred to Russell Martin as a checkbook manager without a checkbook, but he, he meant it in a complimentary way. And I thought, well, how can that be a compliment? I'm not disrespecting the guy who said it, but I thought, if he's a checkbook manager without a checkbook, that's you know—that's not something anyone... I mean, you look at Scott Parker, for example. I don't rate Scott Parker as a manager. He's got two promotions from this league, both with the highest budget teams and the best players. It's easy to do it if you've got the best players. I'd expect people keep telling us Russell Martin will succeed if he goes to a club that backs him or has better players. I, so, I suppose so. He probably will. But that's the challenge of being here. Our best managers have always had the whole performing better than the sum of its parts. And they've always overachieved. I don't know it's a massive ask, but that was the Swansea way. It was finding a way. We had to outthink teams. We had to be better tactically because man for man, we couldn't go out and splurge two million on this player and and, and three and a half million on the best striker in the league and stuff like that when we were in the lower divisions, like other clubs, you know, could could, could spend silly money. We had to go and say, well, actually, how are we going to beat these with... Less valuable players. And, and Russell Martin, if he needs money to make it work, that is a little bit of a damning indictment of the system. He's not making the players better. The players have to be better for the system to work.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And as you say, I mean, you, it, we did seem to have managers that would make a team greater than the sum of its parts. And, you know, it's quite clear that this manager isn't able to do that, is he? You know, we, look, we all know that the manager has been let down to a point by the board. I mean, the fact that the squad is weaker now than it was, um, you know, before the transfer window open is obviously it's quite damning, isn't it? But, I mean, again, I keep going back to it. You can't justify that for the, the lack of, uh, you know, reasonable even defending from us. I think that's what the issue is, isn't it? We, I don't think we're expecting World Beaters. Nobody surely expected playoffs, today after what had happened in January? But, I mean, I did expect us to not, can, you know, to, to be improving. I think that that's the thing. Certainly, or improving with, with what we've got. Maybe uh, the fact that we haven't got pace, I think we've said all season, I mean, that clearly is is holding us back, isn't it? But, you yeah. um, know, I looked at the team that started last night's game and we got onto it and I thought, well, it's not a bad team. There's goals in the team. And he's, he's put in the three centre-backs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a team that, that should work reasonably well with what we've got because there aren't many other options. But, I mean... You know, but you come and, like, you look at the team that played at Blackburn, for example, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, Cundall has come in for, for Cooper, who's on the bench. Whittaker hasn't started. We're playing, you no know, with wing-backs. Sorinola, I know maybe he was a bit shattered after the Blackpool game, um, but he didn't start. Latte Baudier comes back in. You know, we're playing Ireland, Fulton, and Grimes. I mean, where on earth were the bros. goals coming from? Honestly, where were they? Because that was my first thought. It's like, how is this team going to score? Because... I don't see goals in it. I mean, Perot obviously, is the, he's got a reasonable total. He probably should have more, as we've said. Yeah. But the rest of them, I mean, Fulton can shove in with the odd one, but we just
0: looked at it and said, well, how are we going to score here? You've I mean, proven right, but that game, if we go on to it, was an example of Swansea having large periods of uh, possession, territory, that we look better than them for large periods of the game. They didn't you, score. Yeah, I mean, we had that one, there was a the header in the, the first
1: half and the free kick that's at the bar, but oh, yeah. there weren't many other chances, were there? I mean, and let's be honest, first half, like I say, we had a lot of the ball and then we didn't make the ball, so second half, we were quite poor, weren't we? And then, again, mm-hmm. as usual, when it looked like we were going to have a nice, rare, clean sheet decent point, uh, Perot switches off from uh, you know, the, the corner and, you know, free header, goal, and... You know, it's basic stuff again, isn't it? I mean, surely when you you learn to play football at a young age, if you're marking people on set pieces, you've just got to go with the runner. I mean, you probably couldn't believe it in the last minute, free header to win the game. I mean, it's, it's laughable, really, isn't
0: it? It's, it's really laughable. They talk about Perot and This general, this you've got, and you, t- you know, we can talk about the youth and the inexperience of the team. But one thing you can't forgive, and one thing I always expect from my team is is effort and hunger. I don't expect us to win every game, but I expect us to leave it out there, you know. And if you're going to lose a game, lose a game because the referee had a shocker. Lose a game because the other team were just better than you. Don't lose a game because you've stopped marking your man. Or Yesterday, we come on to the Stoke game in a little bit, but yesterday there was a ball in the air. Um, it must have been seven, six, seven yards out. And Perot was there. It's his first half. And Perot was underneath it. And he didn't jump to challenge. And it was a header that would have been right in front of goal, would have challenged, tried to test the goalkeeper, and he didn't challenge. And I thought, where's the hunger? Where's the desire? You can be as technical as you want, but if you don't want it as much as the opposition... And I keep coming back to the Watford game and the Burnley game, where we had that intensity and the hunger. And I see so often, look at the goal... Um, goals that are, we've conceded, it is quite often that we're not, we're switching off or we're, we're standing still and waiting for something to happen and we're not reacting quickly enough. Um, it's poor, it's so poor and it, I don't understand what, do we need a psychologist in the club? The system, we know, it, it hasn't worked to this point. It hasn't given us the consistency we need to be serious challengers at the top end of the table. Um We can talk about the the transfer windows we have talked about on previous podcasts and we will continue to criticise the ownership group um, until they leave because of what mess they've left us in. But it's not 100% fixable by changing the owners if the manager isn't learning lessons, basic lessons, and the players aren't fighting to win the game, fighting to stay in the game. The Sheffield United third goal was one of the worst goals I've seen us concede in many years. It was a it was a, it was a goal. We didn't try. We didn't. There was no fight. There was no hunger. You talk about the Blackburn goal. No fight in that. Just switch off. In 90th minute, switch off. And and and, and Stork will come on to now. And another example of us just switching off and just not doing the basics. If we are just did the basics, nothing technical, just did the basics, we'll come on to this after the talk of the games as well about, um, where this leaves Russell Martin, but if we could just do the basics, feel like we've in the playoffs, and it's the basics that's letting us down. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a
1: weak division, as we've said. I mean, I think the fact is, the manager and the board will have to take a share of the blame for what is going on at the moment, because like you said, we have been left short as we know. I mean, we we needed three players in the transfer window, didn't we? We needed a striker, a right wing-back, which we needed all season. And I think when Bender got injured, we definitely needed a goalkeeper because the current one isn't good enough. So, you know, I think we need if we'd done that, I still think that we'd be, wouldn't be as bad defensively, but we still wouldn't be good enough. You'd still just see us conceding too many, wouldn't you? And even if we were better going forward, it wouldn't make up for it enough. So, I think that's what the issue is. You could probably give this manager a reasonable budget and you know, I think what you have to say now is that you, you can't organise the defence. You know, you can blame individual errors and everything all you want, but you know, it's they keep happening and it's not good enough. As I said we're not eradicating them. and in the end, you have to say that maybe the manager and the coaching staff are incapable of getting us to eradicate them. So I think that's what the, the big issue is now. Um, but I, you know, obviously, I do sympathise with him, but it does feel like since the transfer window shut, doesn't it? That you know, um, there, there was a lot of goodwill towards Martin and people had sympathy. But I think the sympathy has run dry, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, I think it has. And we've seen that in the recent crowds and performances. Um, there was a question after last night's game about the players not believing or not being as comfortable, confident in the process. Russell Martin reacted quite, <clears throat> quite angrily towards it, to be honest. Um, if you haven't seen the press conference, about 10 minutes into last night's post-match conference, but, um, it started so well against Stoke. You know, if anyone wanted to come and prove a point and say, look, I'm good enough, it's, uh, it's Morgan Whittaker. And, um, he's come in to this team. He's got his, he's got his start. And, uh, within 90 seconds, he's put us 1-0 up with a fine finish, Steve. And you're thinking, you know, let's build on this. <laughs> How foolish were we to think that
1: yeah, I know, um you know, I was quite pleased to see Whitaker in the team, as I alluded to earlier, really, because I just think he is a player that hasn't had much of a chance, and I mean there's a lot of the other players where you know where I think we've we've made judgments on them, they're probably not going to change much because you can't see them the players themselves changing, so I think Whitaker hasn't had enough game time i mean he's he's done well up to that this season. You no, know, that's in the league below, so the natural next step for him is to see what he can do at this level. And you know, it was it was a nice finish, wasn't it? And I thought there was a, a couple of nice moments from him in the first half, to be honest where he <clears> was <throat> one where he put Perot in and I was thinking, Oh, to be fair, he's playing well here, yeah, and he's yeah. he deserves um his place in the team. Um but as you say, I mean it, it didn't get much better than after that um you know, that, that early goal did it. I mean it it in fact it turned quite quickly, uh, which I think was surprising for us all, wasn't it?
0: And, and once again, and can probably count on one hand this season the amount of goals we conceded where we weren't, at least indirectly, responsible for it. So a lot of the time, directly. Here's another one from this corner. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible to watch that ball bounce around. And every time it bounces around, you know that they're going to want it more than us. And it was proven again. They wanted it more bang, it's in the back of the net, one all.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that—that that again, it's it's probably in the top five worst we've conceded in it. You're just thinking in that situation, just get the bloody thing out. But, you know, they should never have what seems like what three opportunities on goal, should they? No. hadn't. you know, um, that's what they've had. And in the end, you, you pay for that. I don't you? if it's, it's simple. They probably couldn't
0: believe their luck. They couldn't, and, and it wouldn't happen for them with other teams. You see these teams coming down here who've won one in 20 games or something like that, and you think, oh, they're in a poor run of form. But they get the opportunities here that they wouldn't get at other clubs. You know, they wouldn't go to other clubs and, and find these defenders be so given, so uh, passive, you know, as you look at the defenders, and I think, and, and, and quite alarmingly last night, after the second call, um, <clears throat> Russell Samata was obviously feeling the heat. I can only imagine he was feeling the heat. The crowd did get a bit toxic. I won't uh, dress that up as anything other than it was. But um, I look at that back line that started, with Cavango and Darlin, and I think it's young and it's inexperienced. But a manager who could set up a defence probably be licking their lips at the prospect of being able to play them three all comfortably over six foot all um physically able to hold their own and you're thinking okay these guys with a bit of work on the training field and god knows he's had long enough on the training field with them they shouldn't be conceding just because you've got three centre outs on the bloody pitch you should always be in a comfortable position with the ball coming in the box you should always be able to outnumber them and make sure you deal with it. We 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 spent many times on this podcast Steve criticizing, and the previous man, just Steve Cooper, for the way he played, um, and the way he uh, had to just not play the Swansea way to get, grind out results. But this would have been meat and drink for him, wouldn't it? These sorts of uh, big defenders, and we saw, you know, yeah, he had um, very talented players at his disposal. But he also was able to, um to set the tight side up defensively. And he was able to, uh, make sure that we had the, the shape to not concede. This team, you know, how we concede so many aerial balls. And we've got a set piece, coach. I mean, this should be, this should be something that is, is, is literally his job. And the corner is another example of our failings and his failings. Because who's taking control in the box there, Steve? Who's demanding, you know, who, if we look back over the years, we'd always have um, almost uh, the strongest attacker of a header of the ball on the near post, and they'd win 80% of them by just being there. And then you'd have um, man-for-man marking, making sure you're aggressive, you don't allow the opposition to get a free header on the goal. Even if you can't win it, you cause trouble, you, you cause grief for them. It's it's not that way now, is it? Everything about that first goal, as you say, was was mm-hmm. embarrassing. Well, you almost look at it and think, well,
1: know we cancelled Ryan Bennett's contract, but that was something that he would have actually been good at, wasn't it? Yeah. If you know what I mean, he would have headed balls like that all day long. And, you know, obviously, whether it's the right or wrong, decision, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, obviously, he'd gone very slow in the...
0: Um, I think it was Bennett. financial with him, wasn't it? I think a lot of it was his wages that we couldn't sustain. Um, yeah, it could well have been, couldn't it? But, I mean... You
1: know the point I'm trying to make though, obviously. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, I think
0: he would, he would make a massive improvement to them because, um, also he's the sort of no-nonsense player that you'd expect to deal with it. You know, he wouldn't put up with the shit that our defenders seem to do every week and I don't see a leader back there. I don't see someone, you know, rallying the troops between the four of them, between that back three, Steve, and the goalkeeper. I worry about who's the most scared because <laughs> they all look petrified. Well, this is the thing. I mean, you know, there's no confidence there at
1: all at the moment, is it? Because we've conceded so many, and, you know, I think that's where the booing probably doesn't help, really. I mean, mm. you were playing parks football, and people are on your back constantly when you're not playing well. It's not going to make you play any better, is it? So, you know, in that, from that point of view, it's not the, the wisest move, I think, even if you are frustrated. I mean, I think if you boo at half-time and full-time, it's not quite as bad. Well, certainly full-time, anyway, because... You know, if you do it at full time, I'm not saying it necessarily is right, but at least then the game is, is gone, isn't it? You can't affect it. and You're just expressing your anger at at what you've seen. But I mean, like I said, if you do what it do in the game, it's that, that never is going to help. If you really think it's, if you want things to improve, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I I think there's zero um chance of that. I mean, from my point of view with brewing, I think it it should really get saved for if you think people are not trying. I'll give you an example, like. Um, like we went to West Brom once, didn't we? Montero was. He wasn't trying. I, I'll, uh, I'll put my house on it. I think Gomez once come on sub against Chelsea. And um, I mean, he did a win to see the game out, 1 0 up. I think this is when the day the takeover got announced, actually. And um, I remember he wasn't busting a gut, that he was getting in the neck. And I think it should really be safe for those instances because, you know, that, that really is the bare minimum. If you're not giving your all, then, you know, you deserve the abuse because, you know, most of us would give anything to be out there. But you know, um so yeah, that that's my thoughts on Boo I don't know what uh, page
0: you're on with it. Yeah, but by definition there's at least one player who probably would come in for stick if, if the category is not not, not given their all because Joel Perot we mentioned earlier going through the motions for much of this season, he's had a um you know, it's a healthy goal return. Um you know he's 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 in in double figures, he'll um He'll end up in, in the mid to high teens, you should think, and, uh, it'll look, uh, very respectable. But having watched him every game this season, I see a man there who's not only a shadow of the man from last season, but also, um, he, he looks largely like he was so desperate to move in the summer that he's not going to do anything until he gets his move. Um, it doesn't feel like he wants to put himself in any sort of way of challenging. Like if the ball comes to him, he's going to have a goal, but he's not going to um, he's not going to compete, and that's really disappointing. I mean, at the end, it is not only us; it's his career as well, which will be tainted by it potentially. So, um, but booing is a difficult one. I mean, I think if you're going to boo during the game, not only does it it kind of snowballs then because. You very rarely get a positive reaction to booing, and particularly when the crowd have resorted to booing, it's very hard to turn that back round. So you've got a double whammy there: the players performing worse because they're booed and stuff, and they feel the scrutiny, and then the booing's going to intensify, and, and they're not going to let go. And that is a very difficult thing for a manager to to work its way his way back from. Um, you know, the 15-minute half-time break is something they desperately need. But, um, I mean, that was, you know, Booin started after the second goal. Stephen's second goal is um, another example of us switching off. I and mean, we had seven players, I think, in the box. Eight, perhaps, if you count Andy Fisher. And yet, everyone just run back towards their own goal line and nobody stopped and looked to see who the hell they were marking. It's embarrassing. He had a free shot from, what, 15 yards? It, it, it's schoolboy stuff. As you say, it's the sort of stuff you wouldn't expect to see at Minnys Newitt. You'd expect them to be a little bit more professional and a bit more streetwise than what we're seeing from the Swansea players sometimes.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the problem, isn't it? Um, you know, We've given the ball away, cheaply again, and, you know, this ended up out wide. There's a nice cross into the box. And, you know, he's it's, it's unmarked. And when you're on mark like that, you can pick your spot, aren't you? that's what he's done. And, you know, within 10 minutes of going in front, we're we're behind, aren't we? It just feels too basic. I mean, we never get it that easy off other teams. They're always picking us up. They make us work for our goals, don't they? But you get the feeling that, well, you don't get the feeling. It's more or less fact, isn't it? That the opposition are not working that hard to to get their goals off us. I mean, you know, it's just way too much of a regular occurrence, isn't it? And... um, you know, people have had it that's That's why, rightly or wrongly, people are booing. That's because they're not seeing any progress, and they're they're fed up of some of the decision making that we're seeing, and the fact that it's really a lot of it's holding us back now, isn't it? It's costing us results.
0: When you look at the bigger picture, I mean, we're at season ticket renewal time, and it's going to take a hit this year. Let's be honest. And look at every factor. You look at the the cost of living crisis is going to impact it anyway. But you look at the discontent towards the owners. And that anger, you don't want to put the money in their back pockets. But then you look at the manager as well and how he hasn't learned in 18 months to, to do the basics. And you think, and this is, we had a very low crowd last night, but it was vocal at 2-1. You know, they made themselves heard and they, they were very much uh, against what they were seeing. I mean, we're not seeing any, any progress. You're not seeing the players, um, show the desire to, to compete in those key areas that win new games if your striker isn't going to battle for a header at you know seven yards out when the keeper is very difficult for him to get to it if you win it there's a problem you're not going to you're not going to you know win sneak the winning goals in those games and if at the other end you're completely switching off every game you mentioned Blackburn free header last minute this game you know they had three stabs at the first goal and the second goal was a free shot from 15 yards, despite us having the majority of our team in the box it's 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 a struggle to see how fans can be happy, you know and they won't be, and that crowd was worryingly low last night, and will be lower I should imagine, on Monday night against Rotherham, because that's televised so fans are getting a bigger excuse not to turn up, I'm, I'm worried about that number B, to be honest, because it's uh, I can't think of many people who will want to go down. The diehards and the ones that would go rain or shine, obviously. But um, well, that walk-up crowd is going to be horrific. I, think be- a, I
1: I've said this for a while now with walk-up, like the fact that most midweek games are on the red button, for example. Um, or you can pay a 10 for it, obviously. Um, you know, and the club are charging over thirty quid to win, especially midweek in the winter time. Who's paying that? Yeah, I, I just thought I'd be any under hundred. I thought. So, you know, that may, maybe that's something they should look at because the fact that you can actually watch your the house, I've said it before, theres a game changer really. So, you know, um you are not gonna get much of a of a walk up for that, I wouldn't have thought, are oh. you? So look. I think the, the the problem's gonna come now, where you know, like you were talking there a little bit about season tickets and, and stuff mm. like that. Now I said I don't think the manager's job is in danger because I think the owners will look at this as a business. And from the business point of view, we are 11 points clear of uh, the drop. We look unlikely to go down, even though we're on a bad run, unless we end up getting significantly closer to that uh, relegation zone. I'm talking about five or six points. I don't think the manager is in trouble. I think he will be fine. I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with that, but I don't think he's going to have a problem. But however... This is another way of looking at it. It's because they won't want to pay him up, right? But we don't know what the the early bird season tickets is closed, right? Now, we don't know how many people have renewed at this point. So we're on this bad run, which is bad timing from that point of view. I mean, if those numbers drop, in theory, you could lose, you know, up to tens or £100,000, for example, on less people renewing their season tickets. So then it's almost like balance is off, doesn't it, the paying up for. Reaching a settlement with the manager, if that's what you need to do, because you're, you're losing the money that you're having on, on season tickets because of it, if that makes sense. So it's a little bit of a fine, like, balancing act, isn't it? But I do think ultimately he is safe, unless things get worse. I think Monday is a big game. I mean, he really does need to, to win that against Rotherham, I would say. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that would hugely lift the pressure, but it would, you know, it would help, wouldn't it? And certainly from, like I said, from an ownership point of view, I mean, you win that, you know, we'll, we'd be closer to mathematical safety and that would probably help keep his job, even though, you know, if we're being honest about it, when you the crowd turned like they did last night, very, very difficult to win them back. I mean, I remember when Kenny Jackett was here, he was, probably wasn't the popular appointment necessarily. And then at the start of the, the following season, after he'd had six or seven games at the end of the last one, it hadn't started great, weren't playing great football. I think Martinez has been dropped um, and the crowd were on his case and he did well to turn that round because, you know, um, I don't think he was ever Mr. Popular from the start, but that's the only time I can really think of where a manager has been getting it off the crowd and he has managed to, to turn the tide. I mean, usually it ends one way when this happens and, um, you
0: know, I, I do think the manager's days are numbered. And Kelly Jackett had a team... Full of characters there, um, and full of passionate players. Um, and I don't see it here. I really don't. I see. I said uh, said to someone on um, on Twitter last night. I said it's not going to be anger that kills this club, and indeed booing won't kill this club, but apathy will. People not turning up is going to wreck us. It's going to wreck us because if we become a second rate team again, a team that's getting is barely getting. Um, 10,000 down there and, and perhaps, you know, even less than some of the more miserable midweek games. It's suddenly, that's a, that's a big stadium for half a crowd. We watch Cardiff games on the TV sometimes when they're, when they're on and you look at it and you go, those people there, those three people are sitting in that area. There's no one within 20 seats of them. They're just sitting on own. It's like, it must be like watching a training game. It must be like watching, you know, like they're not really in a, League game in the championship game because they're so isolated from everyone with a small crowd. And you see it in some stadiums, you think, oh, like, can't imagine that experience and how deflating that must be for everyone. You can't really get a uh, atmosphere going. You can't really get that kind of tribal kind of feeling going. When you go to the football, you want to really get behind the boys. You really want to kind of GM up and, and, and fans feed off each other. Um, but apathy, is a killer, and, and and fans are just, they've been angry, and they're showing their anger now, and other fans are saying, "You oh, know, I'm just not going to bother, I'm just not going to go, and that is something you need to k- nip in the bud now, when you talk about Russell Martin's future, I mean, the fans are the ones that are there, Um and we've got a couple of representatives, from the ownership, or the ownership representatives, if you like, in, in the likes of Julian Winter, who's down here, um, who talks up to uh, Silverstein, Levy and Kaplan etc and the, uh, the consortium but um, yeah when it, when you consider um, how much they see how much they're bothered by it um, it's it's difficult to say are they looking at him Russell Martin and saying we're likely to be safe this season although game for game I'm not sure which ones we're going to win you'd have to think we'd win a couple of them and, and that should be enough um, you have to say what they are going to do if they're thinking that they're going to get rid in the summer um, then then do it now because you, any advantage you have to get a manager in for 10 games of this season you saw what happened you mentioned Kenny Jacket and you briefly mentioned Roberto Martinez there Martinez replaced Jacket before the end of the season very nearly got us into the playoffs actually that season and um next season we won the league by 20 odd points, you know, it just goes to show the difference it can make manager to be able to come in assess the squad ahead of the, of the summer window, see who he likes what he doesn't like, try things because any manager that was to come in now essentially would get a free hit at trying things out um, seeing what works, what doesn't work, which players he likes give us a head start give us something to not go into the summer um Scrambling, um, but if they are going to keep him beyond the summer, then uh, you'd have to wonder how much attention they're paying. Because um, do they then give him till October, November next year? Um, I'm really concerned that on a current trajectory, we will be circling the drain by this time next year. Um, it, it, we could end up going down. This team is getting weaker window on window, Steve. Well, I think that's the
1: problem, isn't it? I mean, we've already found out that Ryan Manning's gonna gonna go, which isn't really a a great shock, is it? I mean, I think Lata Baudier will go. I mean, I don't think there'll be too many tears over that, but it's a number again, isn't it? I mean Norton isn't involved at all, he's out of the contract, so we'd have thought he's nailed on as well. But then you look at obviously there's one or two lone players, isn't there, like um Cundle. But then, let's be honest, we always need to sell, don't we? So you know, and there's not that many assets left now. I mean, Perot will have a year left. Realistically, they're going to have to sell him. And they I mean, he's, I don't think we'll be too devastated at that based on what we're seeing. But at the same time, he has scored a dozen goals. I mean, if we don't replace him and then there's no goals, then you're going to be in real trouble. So it is it is concerning. It just feels like every year we're getting worse. And, you know, the owners are sort of sleepwalking this year, you know, to, towards circling that drain, as you say. And, I think that's what the problem is. And, I mean, let's be honest, we have now conceded the joint most amount of goals in this division. So this defence is already more than capable of getting us relegated. So if we become worse going forward, then we're going to be in serious trouble. So, yeah, it's, I think it is concern. And I think that's what the apathy is, really, isn't it? I mean, there was anger at the start of this regime, anger towards the old board members who never forget their part in all of this. Um, I think that needs to be said. And obviously, the fact that this regime have made numerous mistakes seems to be zero accountability. They don't seem that bothered because they're over in the states. But then, when they do stick their nose in, they they continually make it worse. Um, You know, they've in truth, this ownership have got away with it to a point. Like we stayed in the prem after one year, didn't we? And we went down, and then you know we had they shafted Graham Potter, and it was Mm -hmm. lucky we had a lot of good young players coming through, so that got us out of jail. Steve Cooper did well uh, to get us into the two playoffs, obviously. So when you look at it like that, it doesn't look as bad. But now it is really starting to get worse. And I mean, when Cooper left, as we know, a lot of uh, you know some of the higher earners had gone, and then some of it, a lot of his good loan players had gone back. So we're into a different you know world now, where obviously the budget is a, a similar amount every year after the parachutes have gone, and it's starting to to really show now, isn't it? That um, you know this regime is is hurting us, and it's like I say on the pitch is where. We're starting to to really see it. I mean, even in terms of league table now, it doesn't look as bad as what we think because of a twelfth. But we could be seven by the time that we play on um on Saturday. Uh oh, sorry, on, on Monday night against Rotherham. So mm. I think it is starting to, to show and you get the feeling it's going now to continue to show. I mean, you know, I think we've all probably mocked Cardiff this year, thinking they could go down. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if they if they do go down in the near future, they may not now this season. But I get the feeling we could be joining them as well. And that's what's concerning. And I mean, this club has you know, achieved a lot over the last 15 years or so. I mean, let's be honest, when me and you were young, for example, we were not a very good side. And I think for, my, my dad has always said to me that in his first 40 years watching the Swans, they're only five seasons out of the top, um, sorry, mm-hmm. inside the top two divisions. And mm-hmm. so of were relegation seasons. So, you know, it, it shows how much effort has been made to make this club successful and you just get the feeling it's slowly and surely being undone. But people have passed the anger stage because they feel like they can't do anything about it. So obviously now is apathy. People are just a bit like, well, I don't really want to go down at the moment. And let, the fact is midweek games are never particularly appealing, are they, for most people? So that doesn't make it great. We're a bit unlucky with that, I think. But people are just generally fed up, I think. And, you know, even I feel fed up to a point. I mean, last night, Liverpool were playing Real Madrid on the TV. And, I was, <laughs> and I'd, I'd love to watch this, to be honest. Would never do it because I love the Swans and you know you've got to be down there. But I can understand why other people maybe were not as you know uh, die hard as me, should we say? Probably thinking, well, that's on the TV. Why do I want to go down there for? And that's what you're up against then. You've got to make it. You know, we've got to do better. That that's the truth. There are too many distractions in in the modern world, aren't there? So you know, if things are not going great, people don't want to go down there. It's you know, and you could see that a lot of people last night again were just really frustrated and. It's only going to get worse is what we feel like. So something's got to change, is not it? And unfortunately, I don't think things are going to change. They're certainly not going to change with the ownership. You know, manager-wise, you know, I think they will, they will make a change at some point. But like I say, I don't think they're going to do anything because, you know, um, business-wise, it's not going to hurt us that much if we drop a few more places as long as you don't go down. And I think that ultimately is causing the activity because
0: people do want change, I think, and it's just not coming. Yeah, and I think, I, I mentioned earlier about this, this question that got a spiky response from Russell Martin in the post-match conference last night. And I think this is part of the problem in that it was one of the first times I've heard the press, you know, put a question to Russell Martin that he really couldn't bat away with, you know, with, with, uh, any real conviction, and he mentioned about the the younger squad and stuff like that, but the question came in about the players not really um believing in the process anymore, and he, he just said it was a very lazy assessment, and he he pointed at the play. he said, I talk to the players, I see them every day, I know how much this means to them, how hurt they are every week and stuff, well, I'd love us to see it, Russell, I'd love us to see it on the pitch, because that second half, two and down to Struggler's Stoke, Um, At home, we didn't we didn't look like scoring. We didn't we didn't put them under any pressure. We win in a game. It's it's like the Alamo. Sometimes you look at it and you're just like hanging on and trying to scrape the ball away and can't put five passes together. It didn't feel like that, and it was just a nothing event until they do a a breakaway and yet another absolute howler from our you know. Distinguished number one, Andy Fisher. You know, he's gone straight at him, and he's managed to not get keep it out. He's he's a horrifically bad run of form, um, but I've never seen him in a particularly good one. Steve, um, it's a it, it's a nightmare. I'm sure he would like to end at some point because um, I'm not sure he's he's got what it takes to be a goalkeeper at this level. Um, but that aside, the whole second half was poor. Um, Russell Martin's response in the media is to push away any sort of criticism, and it's the lack for me, it's the lack of acknowledgement, it's the lack of addressing the key issues that is starting to get people's back up. You know, and, and a lot of people are further along than even you and I on this on this thread because I think sometimes you look at it and go, well, okay. So he's talking about, all oh, he keeps going back to, bang, 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 go back to young squad, youngest division, blah, 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 proud of them, left everything on the pitch. Well, I'd argue about that one. But, you see some things out there and you're thinking, I'm not, I'm not seeing the hunger from this team. I'm not seeing the fight. I'm not seeing those players think, we're 2-1 down here to stalk. Um, we, we're gonna, we're gonna make sure that we, um, make sure, sh- they have to, we're gonna batter them second half, we're not gonna, we didn't. And I, I feel like sometimes if you're not going to see the manager react and, and, and make a point of saying the things the fans are seeing, because they're seeing it on the pitch. If you get a manager in a post-match conference talking about what we think is a completely different game, people are going to be like, how can I, how can I believe in this? Because if you take him out and said, well, Simply put, that wasn't good enough. No, the, the furthest he went was saying we paid the price for a bad 20 minutes. I, I'd argue the other 70 weren't that great, Russell. And and I think, unfortunately, a lot of fans are feeling the same way now. And so a little bit of humility about the situation and recognizing that we need to get better and quickly. Because this argument, I think another comment he made, Steve, was about, oh, I'm in this room now and you'd swear we're in a relegation battle, but we're 12th, aren't we? Yes, we had that runner in the season, 7 wins and 9, which was a great um, points per game record. I've seen that of the other games, what does that leave us, 26 games? I think our points per game record is 0.88. It's the worst in the division outside of that run that we had. And bear in mind, we've only had 4 wins and 20. So this has been going on a long time, uh, this poor runner form. That gap that we built which made us think, Oh, we can get to the playoffs this season and still there's some that say it, Steve. Now everything below us, despite us winning four and twenty, no one's caught us because we had that buffer. Now, that buffer's gone. And you say you absolutely call it, before we kick a ball again, we could be seventeenth. And all of a sudden those naysayers who say, Ah, oh, what are you on about? We'll be fine and stuff and look at us, winning table, what do you want? That's not a true reflection of our trajectory. There are teams below us that are winning games, and we're not. Well, certainly the ones we're winning, we're scraping by once in a blue moon. And if we carry on in the current trend, this is only going to end up with us dropping down. Like I say, week 17th before we kick a ball on Monday, then that means that the four teams below us who are outside of the drop zone are within touching distance of us as well, within a game or two of catching us. There's still 13 left to go. Now, I'm not saying, Steve, that we'll get relegated this year. There's still a healthy gap between us and 22nd Huddersfield. Um, it's 11 points as it stands. They do have a game in hand. And so that could be called back. But the form is the concern. And the fact that is, Russell Martin is steadfast in saying, what are you worried about? We're 12th. If he's not seeing the alarms, alarm signs here we're going to have a problem.
1: Yeah, I think what I was going to pick up on for me there was like, you know, these comments from managers sometimes about to put it, not reading the room or coming out with things that people don't believe. I mean, I think it's harder for managers now. We really, need to bullshit us because, you know, I think last night a bit different, obviously, because we are at home. But you've got to remember that it's not just the people at the game that are watching it anymore. So many people, are, like last night, Red Button, or, you know, if people's got a stream... You, know, you can watch those games. and I mean, Blackburn the other day, there would have only been about 500 there that would have seen it usually, but it's not like that anymore. The fact is, there's God knows how many people are probably managing to, to find a link for it online, and the fact is then, if a manager says something that you don't agree with when you've watched the 90 minutes, you're going to be questioning it, aren't you? Whereas before, you'd have to go well, that must be the case, because that's what the manager's saying, and I haven't seen the game. It's not like that anymore. So, you know, I think managers really have got to be careful about trying to you know, wind people up with, you know, giving up messages that people are just not going to swallow, basically. So that really doesn't help. And, you know, Martin, with these comments, it's really not good, and people are are, are annoyed, as I've said. So, yeah, I think that's something he, he really needs to, to bear in mind. You, you, you can't
0: bullshit people anymore. No, you can't. You can't. And, and the, the table, you know, the, oh, the same report was there, you know, next week, because... um we've got Rotherham who are one of the teams below us and they're currently six points off us. Um, That could be down to three. Um, I don't think there's many people having seen our performances against, who was it, Birmingham, Blackpool, Stoke. We looked at the run of games, those four, right? Birmingham, Blackpool, Stoke and Rotherham. And you're thinking, if we can't win the majority of those games, then it's it's not looking great because they are home games against four struggling teams who are on terrible runs of form, low on confidence, um, and and their home ground has to be a fortress. Uh, it's very much not the case. Uh, the crowds are dwindling, the anger setting in, and it's becoming not really a happy hunting ground for us. Um, so you have to consider that. Rotherham could beat us on Monday and, and, and that's a very real possibility and so having already dropped potentially say we say middle middle of the road, say we dropped the fifteenth, then people are going, right, we're fifteenth, then Rotherham beat us, so they're only three points behind us. That same um reporter may ask another question and say, What about now? What about the discontent after today's game and no doubt if we do lose the, the booze and whatnot that you'll hear from the crowd? Um, rightly or wrongly, but then you you'd, you'd have to say you know oh we you know we're, we're a young team we're, we're learning you know and I'm really proud of them and I think well by the next time we play we could be 18th we could be 19th. No people aren't buying it, Steve, and I think ultimately you need to nip these things in the bud and we need to see some honesty because I mean I don't know do you think potentially he's on borrowed time I mean, this record that's one he's on is. It's a bit of a, a, an eye-watering one, isn't it? Because you look at it and you think not many managers would survive off four wins in 20, especially when you l- dig a little deeper and realise that three of them had to come against ten men.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that, that's the most damning bit of all, really, isn't it? The fact that they've all been against ten men. But, I mean, I think, as as I said earlier, really, I, I don't think he's, he's under pr- pressure to, for right now. Like, I'd be very surprised if he was sacked before Monday's game. But, I mean... Should he be under pressure? You bet he should be, because it's not good enough. But, um, you know, they will, as I've said, treat it like a business, I'd have thought. So, he's okay for now. We lose Monday. The pressure will be ramped up. Then I think it's Luton away after that. Middlesbrough at home. We're on a very good run. If we don't get a win in any of those three, then the trigger could get pulled, I think. But... You know, a lot can happen between now and then. I mean, you look at Cardiff on the shocking run and they somehow managed to dig out two wins back-to-back. Sometimes something like that can happen and your season does turn. Um, I don't think that's coming right
0: now, if I'm honest. But They've got a new manager who's just about ready to stamp his authority there. Um, You can see a rationale to why they've won a game. The confidence is up. They're starting to believe in what he's trying to do there. And they've backed that up with another win. Um, and again, winning a game late on is a great confidence booster for them. So they, they could potentially go on a little mini run there and, and steer themselves away from immediate danger. And, but you can see with some of these teams, like Huddersfield picked up a win the other day, a hugely important one for them. They're very much still looking favourites to drop, but they've got a new manager, Neil Warner, a master of survival in this league, by the way. So you look at it and you think these clubs and these fans, have reasons to be optimistic. Swansea have seen the same thing for 18 months. Do they still feel the same way about their club? Yeah, I think the other
1: frustrating thing to look at it is, obviously, in Huddersfield and Cardiff, both beat Birmingham, didn't they? A team that we know are crap. Yeah. And obviously, we somehow ended up losing to. So, that probably says it all as well, doesn't it? Um, you know, they've managed... I know everyone can beat each other at this level, but they've in the we've all played Birmingham in the last... Two, or three weeks, or whatever, and we're the one that has lost when we shouldn't have, and the other two have managed to beat them. So, you know, that probably shows where we're at at the moment. We can't beat poor sides, and if you can't beat poor sides, who are you going to beat, really? So, it is concerning. I mean, that the gap is look, it's more than big enough, isn't it, for it to to be okay? But I mean, we're eleven points off it now, but we're going to be closer to it by the season end than thought the way we're going,
0: aren't we? I think another thing is. um Yeah, so we're just hoping the games run out before the points run out, Um, which is a a bit sad, really. But um, one of the other things I've seen a few times last night was that um, no one's going to do a better job than Russell Martin. No one can take this team any further than Russell Martin has. I get that he's been dealt a shit hand, right? And I keep hearing that this is Russell Martin team, so how you can expect anyone else to do more than Russell Martin's doing with it? I'd argue on that. Because this is a team that is, by its very definition of the Russell Martin team, should be able to play with a sort of confidence, the sort of swagger that his teams need to play with to make it successful. Our team is shit scared over their own shadows at the moment. Every week you see them shaking, quaking in their boots and not being able to um, strengthen. And I, I'm mainly focusing on the defence here um, when I talk about this, because the other end is not so problematic for us You know, we are creating chances and we are scoring goals but um, whether there's enough there in terms of well it's not enough to counteract the problems we've got at the other end of the pitch so to say that Russell Martin is the best possible man to get this team out of its current slump I take a bit of issue with because I think personally I think Dar- well, Wood and Cabango in particular would prefer um, Maybe four at the back. Maybe a manager will concentrate a little bit more on defending. I was talking to um when we mates earlier and he 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 brought up a point of uh saying that Russell Martin um says he doesn't focus on the opposition, he just focuses on what we've got to do. And that's telling because we're not um we're not doing the basics. We're just we're not watching out for the danger men we get, we're we switching off and we're just making sure that we're almost playing as if we're always going to be on the ball so if we have 85% possession that's all we're considering but the 15% that we've done our possession, you mentioned it way earlier on the podcast Steve, opposition seems to score from their first chance and quite often it's a chance we've gifted them and almost every time it's a guilt edge chance it's never a speculative effort from 35 yards it's or very, very rarely, is it? And it, it's always something that we've just kind of switched off from, and they've just walked into a, an absolute chasm of space in the middle of the pitch, and we've not addressed it. And, you know, I'd argue that some of our players would much prefer to play in a flat-back four, um, have wide players, so that we didn't have to have Manning and uh, Lataboudiere or Soronola galloping, gallivanting the other half of the pitch, leaving us wide open at the back, um, and just... Deal with, be defenders. I don't want, I don't necessarily need Cabango to be spraying passes around like he's bloody, you know, a Barcelona player in his prime or anything like that. You just need him to be able to deal with the issue first and foremost and then get the ball to the likes of Grimes and stuff who are much more competent on the ball and that is really their bread and butter. But our defenders are being asked to do things they're uncomfortable with. So how can you then say, that this is Russell Martin team. Because the very players that are in this Russell Martin team aren't good enough to be in a Russell Martin team. So I, I don't know. I take issue with the fact that Russell Martin is the only man who could possibly get a tune out of this lot. Because I think someone who came in and just did the basics, I'm not advocating this by the way, but I say if someone came in and just did the basics, i.e. we're not going to start conceding so many goals from bloody corners. You know, We're going to make sure we're physical and we're going to make sure we're aggressive and we're going to Fight for those loose balls and just did the basics with that. I think our league position would show an improvement overnight. Now, that wouldn't be the Swansea way, but it certainly would be an improvement on what Russell, Russell Martin's get out to them. So, I don't know. I just disagree with the fact that Russell Martin is the only possible man to, to get us out of this current slump. I, I don't see it. Yeah, I,
1: I don't either. I mean, you know, how many other managers out there could, you know, ensure that we. Tightened up a bit at the back, probably most, uh, a lot of them I'd have thought because this is as bad as I've ever seen from the Swans team in, you know, 25 plus years going down there. So, you know, certainly, well, defensively anyway, obviously we've seen far worse than this, but we, I don't know if we've ever given away goals as bad as we do. Certainly the number of goals that are just so poor. I mean, it, it is basic. And as I mentioned earlier about, you know, you see that minute I think we do with, I think we are talking that level. So, you know, um, there's definitely people out there that could that could do a better job. Um, I, I can't let that wash, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, not buying it at all. Whether Who these people are is far more debatable. But, I mean, but people will always take jobs. I mean, I was having a conversation with someone earlier and I said, look, at the end of the day, someone has to give Michael Carrick a chance. I know it's going far better than you'd ever expected. But, I mean, if he was offered our job, <laughs> I think if he was out of work before he took the middles for job, possibly it may have taken it. I mean, you've got Kieran McKenna, the Ipswich manager. He's similar. I think he would have taken it previously if he didn't then work. So Duncan Ferguson has gone to Forest Green, look. I mean, if he was offered our job, he, he would have taken it. So, and again, I'm, I'm not saying any of these would have necessarily done brilliantly down here, but you'll always attract people because it is a reasonable job. It's in the second tier of English football. Like, like I said, Duncan Ferguson has had to drop to the bottom of League One to get a job. So people will always be interested in it. Who the right person would be for it is you know, far more debatable. But the argument that people won't be interested or you won't get anyone decent, I, I don't buy that at all. You will always get reasonable people. You might not get exactly the ones that you, you want, but you do your research. I mean, the fact is, when most of the people that were appointed during our successful times, most of them were people that didn't necessarily want or ones that we didn't know huge amounts about before, but we seemed to have a good idea of who would suit us best at the time. So, yeah. you know, the, yeah, it's it's nonsense for me. The, there definitely are people out there just finding them wouldn't be easy but you can find them if you look hard enough
0: and you go, oh, who, who are we going to who are we going to have to take over but it's not necessarily about um, coming up with a short list of five managers or five household names for fans to ponder over because as you say when we did our best we were in managers that no one else may have necessarily looked at Brendan Rodgers was on the scrap heap after his um, Reading and Watford um, jobs and uh, we, we give him a chance and end up being one of the most successful managers in our history. Um you know we give we give Gary Monk his first job uh out of, after playing and um he ends up getting us our highest league finish in the Premier League. Um you know Martinez. Again, hugely successful here. First job. These these not I know two of them were ex players and so there was that that link to the club already but it was never necessarily going let's go for a tried and tested you know let's go for someone you know necessarily like you know bringing in a a tony mowbray or steve bruce or someone who's just done the rounds and done a lot of the clubs in these leagues and stuff um it was it was always about just looking outside the box and and finding someone who, who matched our philosophy and our vision as opposed to um as opposed to what they'd achieved at this level previously, or what their name was and stuff like that, and people are getting so caught up in that side of it. We just need the right people deciding who the next manager is going to be, and who it, who it is at the end of that. Then is we just trust the people who are making that decision. And ironically, the same people who are saying, "Oh, you you wouldn't trust this lot to uh, to, to to pick a manager," well, you trusted them to pick Russell Martin. You know, you're telling us now we can't sack Russell Martin because he's the best bloody thing that's going to happen to this club. But these are the guys that picked him. So I'm, I'm not defending them at all by any stretch. But you got to you can't be a hypocrite about it. If they if they were able to identify Russell Martin and then get him in for an interview, I know he wasn't first choice, second or third, but he it was an identif- identif- identification process where he was shortlisted and he was convinced to come down here, then that is the same approach that we'll make the next time. And and I'm not saying it'll be successful, but the same people who are saying you can't give rid Russell Martin, you wouldn't replace him right. They got him. And, and just, as you say, there's more managers out there than there are jobs. And we are in the second tier currently. <laughs> um, so I can't see how we are, by any stretch, um, and an appealing job I mean there's very big issues at the club we can't you know hide away from it the ownership and stuff they keep talking about you know improving their, their approach to transfer windows and stuff and their communication lines and things we yet to see it and we yet to believe it but um this is still a very attractive club with fantastic training facilities a great youth set up um, and everything's in place to be successful Um You know, we just have a financial hole that is causing us massive grief, and we need to, and an ownership team that don't understand how football works. I mean, that is something we are dealing with year in, year out. Um, But managers will look at the bigger picture of all of what we got here. Uh, I want to ask you a question about Russell Martin in all this, Steve. Is there a chance that you look at it and say, I'm telling the media we're 12 stop worrying whatever but he can he's not stupid and he sees what's happening he sees he can't affect or change or improve on what's happening is there a chance that if there was a sit down meeting and a, a emergency chat that he would accept a mutual termination of his contract do you think that's a possibility you never know i mean
1: it's you know it's very rare that anyone would just resign these days isn't it because you know because of the money involved but i mean you have to think that even what regardless of what you're saying to us, he, he may well think differently behind closed doors and, and feel that like you can't say it. I mean, it would only be natural to have doubts when it, when you're on a pole run and you're conceding so many goals. So, you know, um, you do never know. I mean, I think, um, I'm not sure who said it, but the only thing that surprises them in football is the people are surprised. So we do yeah. never know. It, it, look, it could happen, couldn't it? And sometimes these things do happen out of the blue as well. But I mean, I, I don't expect that to happen at this stage, but, uh, you know, as as I've said, uh, I think if the next three games were to go badly, then you could see a situation where the manager is changed. But uh, I think
0: he's okay for now, just about. Well, let's talk about their next three games. The next one in particular, Steve, um, as you talked about uh, live on TV rather than at home. Um, when this was announced, I thought it was. Absolutely dreadful. I still think it's an absolutely dreadful fixture that Sky would pick out. Um, but there seems to be increasing amount potentially on it. There's a lot of jeopardy on it for both clubs. Um, Rotherham in the scramble against, uh, relegation, us, um, are trying to avert such a thing. And with those question marks around the manager's future or certainly from a fan's perspective, um, it, it does now look like it's going to be a huge game with massive implications.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, like I said, the crowd have turned, so as a bad result, I mean, it, it'll get worse, will not it? And obviously, with been on TV, that'll come into the wider public knowledge as well, I would have thought. So, yeah, it's, look, it is It's a big game. As as we said, we, we've had a, of the three home games, and this is the third of them. I mean, they're quite convenient on paper, certainly, so we've be looking to get good points from them. I know we did beat Blackpool, but as we've alluded to, weren't very impressed, um, and that we've lost last night. There's pressure on it, I think. And I mean, that there will be trickier games to come. I mean, like I said, Luton away. The well, three, ten. the next
0: three games after that are against teams in the playoffs, as we stand. Yeah, um, so. you've got Luton, Millwall, and Middlesbrough. You know, um, you know, they're all the three of the four teams that are currently sitting in the in the top six. So, um. <sighs> I you know sometimes you can lose against the shit teams and beat the good ones, but those are teams that are really really got something to play for and 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 uh um know well, well, when you can't with defend with better system yeah but when you can't defend I mean you just don't see where a clean sheet
1: comes from, so if you're playing against anyone a half decent team you're immediately thinking well, you're gonna to have to get goals to you know get a result and that, that's the problem it just puts a lot of pressure on you doesn't it so it really does feel like we we do need to 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 beat Rotherham I would say certainly from the manager's point of view I mean if we don't then yeah there are trickier fixtures there the bad run carries on and pressure could build couldn't it so look it is it is a big game I think now especially for the manager it could
0: be um a huge game uh we talk about how switched off the owners are. Julian Winter is a man who's been working in football for many years, and he will have, uh, be, keep, be aware of the situation that's developing around him, even if the owners aren't necessarily listening right now. I was only almost half expecting there to be some rumour, some talk today about the future of Russell Martin. It hasn't happened. Um, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes um and I'm sure we would be the last to hear about any action or possible discontent from um across the Atlantic. So um we'd we'd be wondering, but Julian Winter will be looking at that and thinking, you know, he's got the big problem because otherwise there's there's no excuse for losing the games that we've lost recently against the teams that are struggling at the bottom. But there's plenty of excuse for losing to a high-flying Middlesbrough. There's plenty of excuse to lose into Millwall and Leighton. But at the point of reaching those games, you can't then rely on, oh, well, you know, this was always going to be a tough game for us because you lost the games that weren't supposed to be tough games for us. You say for seventeens before balls kicked against Rotherham, we don't win that. And the next three are gimmies because whatever, because they're teams that are flying high. We could end that run of four games, whatever down in, you know, down in twentieth, you know, and then you're, you're looking at maybe a, a six, five, six point gap between us and the bottom three with uh, eight, nine games to go, <laughs> you know. Really, you're thinking then we need to do, we need to pick up a few, and and that is a very ne- kind of a very negative uh, ultimate scenario that we could be in. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious of your thoughts on. The idea that the the games against the top the, the games against the top six he's not going to come in for as much criticism for because they are against teams in the top six and but this is the problem with not beating the strugglers. Well, the thing is, yeah, you do to, to a point, yeah, you are always cut
1: a bit more slack if you're playing better sides, but you know when it's gone on for this long and we can see that as many goals as we have, and then if you end up slipping down towards the relegation zone, it isn't going to wash, I don't think. So. You know, um, but like I said, I I do think that if, you know if we, that does happen, a scenario like that, and then we're realistically in trouble, they are going to sack him. I would have thought. So then you do have that. We'll see a change of some sort. When we whether it's a caretaker or a permanent appointment, interim, whatever. But um, yeah, it's look, I I don't think this ownership as bad as they are would allow us to slide no. towards League One without at least trying to do something about it. <laughs> And that would have to be changing the manager, so but we'll we'll see how it goes in the next few games, but Monday is a big game you know very big game it's
0: huge and it, it is getting increasingly like um like a game that could make it would have huge repercussions for both sides um Swan simply need to stop this rot Steve um who knows maybe one will go down to ten men and make it easier for us, but um this is something which is a problem when I look at it. And we were chatting earlier on saying, look, what do we need? Three, two, three wins perhaps to be safe. And I say, yeah, when you look at it, 13 games, you think, oh, you'll get them for sure. But then you look at it game by game and you think, Rotherham are going to come down here. And they, they won their last game. They're going to be smelling blood. They're going to see an opportunity, look at our recent form and think, we can get at these, press hard, press high, pressure their defence. We can hurt these. And they're going to come here trying to... Um, Trying to upset the Apple and I think, um, there's a, there's a, op- there's a possibility there that they, that they could, uh, they could get something. Um, the ob- the problem I've got is I don't see what Russell Martin, and he's alluded to nothing about what he's going to do to address the issues we've had, well, for the whole time he's been here, and he's, how are we gonna fix it? How are we gonna fix our set piece frailties? How are we gonna fix our, switching off at the back, and that's gifting opposition scores every game, and until he's going to address that, maybe not publicly, but certainly privately then it's a worry to see where where, where we go from here, because it's very clear how to play against Swansea City
1: Yeah, look I'm sure we will get the wins that, that we need, I mean, I, I can't say that with huge confidence at the moment, but things turn usually I mean, to think that we won't get two wins in the last 13 or however many games, I, I do think it's unlikely, I think you know, I, I'm not saying it'll be convincing but I'm, I'm sure that will will happen so I'm, I'm not overly concerned about the drop at this stage as I've said I, I am in the the, the more long term future but look I mean the, the confidence is on the floor at the moment sometimes you just need a little bit of luck where I don't know, there, could, there could be a tight game even if you play someone and they miss chances and then you end up with like a dodgy goal or penalty something like that it, it, it can happen so you know I mean and football is notoriously unpredictable isn't it I mean I I I think it's unlikely we're going to keep many clean sheets. But, look, I'm sure that, you know, however we get there, uh, we will. But, you know, it it just may not be convincing. And it will be a case of we need to learn lessons that I'm not convinced we will learn. But, look, um, we can worry about that um, another time, really, I suppose. And certainly looking to put that right in the future. But, but look, I'm sure even though confidence is low, it's a long time to go through the rest of the season and think that we won't get the the points that we need to stay up.
0: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, well, let's start on Monday. You know, it'd be a great time to just loosen that noose and just give them a bit of a stay of execution here and and really an opportunity to give us something to build on. And is it... Yeah, I guess the question I'll ask here is, is it important to put in a performance or a result? Um, but I, mean, I think we just
1: need a result, don't we? I mean, I know we had. But that Blackpool, Blackpool was a result. And it didn't perk people up. But mm. I think from the manager's point of view, he needs a result. Because it's ultimately, whatever we do in the crowd, I don't think it's like the old days where... You can, a reaction will get a manager fired. It isn't, oh. I mean, the owners are not watching. They're, they're probably just going to focus on the results. So from his point of view, he needs a result. I mean, from a crowd point of view, he needs a performance and a result, uh, to try and win everybody back. But, but he needs a result. That, that's the thing. A result will keep him in the job, ultimately. Um, because like I said, the, they will look at the bottom line, which is don't go down. So, you know, a win will take us closer to that. And yeah, it'll mean he carries on. And will he get it? Um, I don't know. I can't say I'm overly convinced. I'm going to go with a prediction of one-all.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I'm maybe not actually thinking that we'll get a point out of it, but... Uh, That'll be something, I suppose. So we'll, we'll say one all then, um, for the Rotherham game and hope that, uh, we can, um, take something from it to take into the next three because there's certainly no easy games coming up after that. Um, Steve, any final thoughts, uh, before we wrap up this pod?
1: No, I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) can we, can can we just go back to having Saturday games at least? Because I think the fact that these games have been midweek of just made it even worse
0: it's a combination of all of it isn't it and the fact that we've had these shitty rearranged fixtures hasn't helped um, anyone and uh, compounded what has already been a difficult time for the team Um, if anyone is listening in any sort of corridor of power at Swansea City I think I'm not know, to speak on behalf of the fans or anything like that far from it but I think the fans would really appreciate the sort of desire and intensity that we saw in those games at the start of the year, just to see us fight for those balls and 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 make it that it looks like that we would you know die for to block a shot and stuff like that and that's all fans can really ask for you know you you can't force the result everyone wants to win every week, but you gotta expect that players are gonna not go through the motions and just you know. Not challenged for aerial balls or not and shit out of sixty forties and stuff like that, just give it a go. There's no excuse for lack of effort. there's no excuse for lack of intensity. Everyone can give a hundred percent can't they even you know, no matter what your quality is so yeah it's uh it's going to be an interesting end of the season, Steve. We're going to have plenty of podcasts between now and then. Hopefully this is about as downbeat as it gets, because uh, that will mean that we've, uh, we've picked up, certainly the run of form couldn't get much worse than it has already. And, um, as you said, if it carries on in this current trend, then we would see a change anyway. So, um, fingers crossed we're all concerned that that actually isn't what is needed. Because that I means Swansea City have uh, stopped the rot and started climbing the table, but uh, that's down to Russell Martin and his coaching team. Let's hope that they've um, they've got some ideas not just for Monday, but for the rest of the season. Because uh, the um, the enjoyment of the game for us is all depending on it, isn't it? But uh, Steve, thanks so much again for uh, for uh, doing this tonight. I. Um, I'm going to have a drink now and think about everything we've just talked about for the last hour or so, because that uh, is massively depressing, isn't it? But, um, fingers crossed, we'll have a better result this time around and, um, something to come back be positive about. Yeah, let's hope so. But, uh,
1: yeah, let's wrap this up because I want to try and think about something else. now.
0: <laughs> Fab. Okay. Well, if you've stayed with us this long, thanks so much. And, uh, sorry for, uh, bringing you down. Um, We'll try and make it better next time. Maybe we'll talk about something else other than swans. That'll be better, won't it? (laughs) For myself and Steve, thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye.